Welcome, witches, to Witchcraft from A to Z, your go-to witchy podcast for finding the magic hidden among the mundane. My name is Elaine Evergreen, a practicing witch of over 15 years now, and I'll be your host this week. This week's episode is all about oil and its uses and significance in witchcraft. Although I can't quite find the exact time frame when oils first started appearing in the toolboxes of those practicing rituals in one religion or another, there are references of different kinds of anointing oils being used in rituals going back as far as 300 to 600 AD. These oils were, and still are, used during rituals of the Christian and Jewish religions, and as we look specifically for oils in witchcraft, we are brought to information on Abermelon oil, which was written about in a medieval grimoire called the Book of Abermelon, which was written by Abraham the Jew around the year 1458. This oil, derived from Jewish holy oil, was made from olive oil infused with myrrh, cinnamon, cassia, and galanga root. This oil was also the inspiration of Aleister Crowley's early 20th century essential oil-based oil of Abermelon, which was also called the Holy Oil of Aspiration. This began some of the most common anointing oil uses and recipes. Anointing oils have continued to evolve, and now there are so many different types of recipes, which all have their own uses and meanings. The two most common ways of incorporating oils in witchcraft these days are by creating or buying either infused oils or essential oils. These oils are then most commonly used as anointing oils for candles or for the body. Now, there are pros and cons to using both forms of the oils. Infused oils are often the safest and are least likely to cause skin irritations and they're most likely to be edible if that is the intention. They do, however, expire faster than essential oils, and they will contain the properties of the type of oil that the herbs are infused in. Essential oils, on the other hand, are not often safe for the skin or for consumption, as they are incredibly potent and can cause toxicity and irritation to the body. Essential oils are very easy to buy, and they are very potent, which can be a plus for its associative symbolism. But... If you want to use them on your skin or in your body, you will need to dilute them in a carrier oil anyways. Personally, I prefer using infused oils because I can make them fairly cheap and they are body safe. Plus, I find that making things for yourself helps imbue the item you're making with more power and it can be very meditative. But many witches do prefer using essential oils in their practice for the accessibility and ease of it. Other uses for oils in witchcraft include dressing oils, condition oils, and conjure oils. However, I'm just going to focus on anointing oils and dressing oils, as I don't want to cross any cultural barriers and explain something that's in a closed practice or religion, and something that I'm not entirely familiar with. Now that I've rambled on a bit about anointing oils, here are a few different kinds of anointing oils and dressing oils that you can create or purchase. Money oil with herbs like cinnamon, ginger, citrus fruits, patchouli, and more. Money oil tends to have a lot of different herbs and spices that are associated with it. 
cleansing oil made with rosemary, holy basil, pine, chamomile, or citrus fruits. Banishing oil with things like black pepper, cayenne, cumin, and other spicy herbs and spices. Divination oil made with lavender, patchouli, and sandalwood. Protection oil from things like geranium, clove, cypress, pine, and lime. Love or sex oil made with cardamom, ginger, jasmine, patchouli, rose, sandalwood, and lang lang. But like many of the items I cover in this podcast, the possibilities really do not end. Herbs and spices have so many different meanings, and choosing a combination that resonates a specific meaning to you works as well. Since we talked so much about anointing oils, let's make a modern version of the Aber melon oil, using a method of infusing oil with dried herbs as we want this oil to be body safe. For this recipe, you'll need 4 tablespoons of myrrh resin, ground as much as possible, 2 tablespoons of crushed, but not ground, cinnamon. 4 tablespoons of crushed cassia bark, or Chinese cinnamon. 4 tablespoons of dried galanga root. Olive oil. And a sterilized jar for storage. In a pot on low heat, add all of your herbs and spices. Then, add enough olive oil to completely cover them. Mix together the spices and olive oil in low heat for about 10 to 15 minutes until the oil is very fragrant and has darkened slightly. Remove the pot from the heat and allow it to cool completely. Once cool, transfer your oil into your clean jar. You can choose to strain out the spices or leave them in. As long as the spices are completely covered by the oil, they should not rot. This method can also be used for other kinds of oils, so long as the herbs and spices you use are completely dried. And that's it. You have your very own homemade anointing oil. I hope you learned a few things that you can add into your magical practice using oil as your magical tool. If you'd like to support this podcast in creating more content, consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash Elaine Evergreen. And you gain access to loads of additional content, or make a one-time donation to my Ko-Fi page at ko-fi.com slash Evergreen. I'd love to hear from you all, so if you ever have any questions about certain attributes of an item, you want some witchy advice, or you just want to share something about your magical practice, please submit a message to me on my Anchor page at anchor.fm slash witchcraftA2Z. I've shared the link in the description of my podcast, as well as any resources I may have used during the research for this episode. Don't forget to rate and subscribe where you listen to podcasts and share with anyone you know who needs just a little more magic in their life. Until next time, witches.